Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So who knew that these old school collision promos would be even better when you tied a tournament into it? I flubbing love it. Now there's also some online chat in the last few days that some fans on the internet don't really understand how the Continental Classic works. What's well, nice and simple, it's three points for a win, it's one point if you draw, and if you lose, you get nothing. Look, don't worry, if you don't get it, you're just a little bit stupid. Also, hello, that was a very nice way to start off an ups and downs video, but I am pumped today because I sat down and what collision and it turned me on. That's right, I said it, really regret it now. I shouldn't have said that, but talking about turning things on, Let's take the finger of power and give the good bits an up and the bad bits are down and then get kinky. What? No. What a match we had to start things off too because we took the C2 and we had Claudio Castagnoli taking on Brody King and they marched out there and they totally smashed it. And of course, yes, people have started calling it the C2 because we must steal everything from New Japan. And basically what we did do here is that it was like big men slapping man meat, although Castagnoli is a bit more like, yeah, I am a big man and I will slap your meat but also I'm super duper agile and I'll do a springboard. So there you go. It only took seconds for me to be having the best time because they just charged at each other with lariats. Then they did the same thing by punching each other in the face and they even did it with a big boot. Why wouldn't you do that? If somebody in real life booted you in the face, you would boot them back. Soon they were outside too and they were throwing each other into Barry Barricade, which is always a little bit more stressful when Brody King is involved. Like if we were gonna go through the top 10 culprits about who killed Baz, He'd be number one. He then went for the cannonball, but Castagnoli ruined him with a cigar uppercut when he was actually gonna go for the big swing. Now look, this didn't work first time, but later on, he actually did do it. And he transitioned into the sharpshooter, and this place went crazy. I'm gonna be honest with you, so did I. Brody is like massive. He essentially crawled his way out of there because he is so powerful when Claudio got thrown into Team of the Turnbuckle. And then yeah, King hit that cannonball and he absolutely crushed it. Like. If Claudio's heart had come out of his mouth, I totally would have understood physics. Castagnoli then, as already hinted at, decided he would use the ropes, but when he was in the air, Brody King just slammed him right in the face, hit him with a pile driver, and got the one, two, three. So I can see what we're doing here. We are gonna sell the story of, oh my God, Brody King is so big, who's gonna beat him? So we're doing Raw Rumble tactics. And actually, I would consider this a little bit of an upset, but that's what you need in the C2. You gotta be surprised. So I am totally convinced, let's make sure we do this tournament every single year and make it into a thing. Get up. When John Moxley just killed it too. Because he was cutting a promo after his C2 victory on Dynamite. It was all like, man, I'm beaten up. And I'm tired. And I'm sick and tired. I'm being sick and tired. And I'm sick and tired of being pissed off. But even though my knees hurt, and my elbows hurt, and my head hurts, and my tootsie toes hurt, I am going to win this thing. So do you know what happened? The importance came out of the screen and it hit me in the head. And I was like, damn, these people really want it. The best line too was when he said, nobody can hurt me as much as I hurt myself on a daily basis. So now I'm like, I want John Moxley to win. 
but I also want Brian Danielson to win, and I want Eddie Kingston to win. This is why when you do tie into sports, you just tell your own narratives. Look at me, I'm a mess. Honestly, though, you should go and watch this. Spat fire up. When indeed I spied out into the crowd, and what did I see? It was a sign that made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Simon, give me it up. So because you are all so lovely, and because genuinely these signs always do make my day, we go to the up counter, and I give you an up. That's right. That's the most important up I will give on the show. Because without you, there's no me. Don't tell my parents. I was then happy again because Abaddon was back on AEW television. As I've told you before, anyone that commits themselves to this degree when it comes to a gimmick, well, you'll get a couple of thumbs up. She was also facing Kira Hogan, which was totally random. But as we talked about last week, at this juncture, I'm like, this is what AEW does. They just book matches like it is some kind of E-Fed. When you accept that, you can't get mad with it. You don't like it, just don't watch it. It's that simple. We really got into it too because Abaddon is spooky and she absolutely wrecked Kira with a black hole slam and then hit this crazy cutter which almost decapitated her. I was like, once again, it is Abaddon. She probably into that shit. Kira Hogan was able to come back with a neck breaker. I was like, what are you doing, Hogan? We all know the undead don't have necks and even if you did break them, well, it wouldn't do any good at all. This was basically kind of a squash as well because Abaddon shrugged that off. She clocked Kira with a big knee when she hit that awesome leg DDT thing she does to get the one, two, three. And I tell you who would have enjoyed this. Jake Roberts, the DDT, just won a match. We did exactly what we should have done too because then Julia Hart used her spooky teleportation powers to be in the ring when she looked at Abaddon and then she left again. So I'm not really sure what she was trying to achieve here. But you could do two things. One, you could do the ultimate spooky wookie match or they could become friends. I mean, they'd have a lot to talk about. But either way, let's keep this going up. Samoa Joe was still about to cut a promo. When in the background, you just heard Samoa. That really tickled me because I call Samoa Samoa Joe here. Some people take such offense to that. They send me a message going, you can't call Samoa Joe just Samoa. Why not? His first name is Samoa and his last name is Joe. He was with the kingdom too and they were trying to tell Joe, listen, MGF is trying to screw you over. It's like, don't think you need to tell Samoa Joe that. It's a bit like telling Al Pacino the cops are on to him. Think he's aware. This is going to tie into something later too when we just had the best video for Sting's retirement, which of course is going down at AEW Revolution. I can tell you right now, I'm going to cry water out of my face when that happens. It's going to be quite the moment. Well, we went straight back into the Continental Classic and it was Andrade versus Daniel Garcia. And this poor Garcia, I mean, he's desperate to get a win. He needs something but he keeps on losing. Dirty Magic Matt Menard was also on commentary, which is actually quite smart because one, he's really good at it and let's let him do more of it. But also two, it allowed everybody to go, well, you can't get involved, Mr. Magic Nipples, because if you do, your guy will be disqualified. He was like, damn it, you're right. We got some dives to start this off as well before Daniel went right back to his plan, which was submissions and working the leg. So you know what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks? Watching Karate Kid. They were then tussling on the top when Dan took this horrible bump to the floor and that looked horrid. And then when they were looking at each other again, what did they do? They punched each other in the face. Because again, they're having a fight. Garcia then saw an opening, so he busted Andrade's brain with a brain buster for a one-two-oo. But that then inspired Andrade who hit the three amigos and he got a one-two-oo. So basically what we would do here were variations of suplexes. Can't even talk. What is a variation... <laughs> I need some sleep. They then went back and forth with submissions because we had the figure of eight that went into the Dragon Tamer. And Matt Menard lost his mind on commentary drawing that. And when it didn't work, I would assume that Danny Garcia was going for a pile driver. But damn it, 
he went and made a big mistake. Then Andrade was able to get him into the hammerlock DDT position and nail him with it for the one, two, three. So I tell you, Jake Roberts must have been somewhere just petting his snake with glee. Wait a minute. So it is just another up because once again, not only was the match good, but you can see all of these tails unfolding throughout your eyes and it's happening within a match type setting. This is the type of stuff that AEW should do more of, which is a dumb thing to say because they're literally doing it. As you can probably tell, I'm a huge fan of this. And when Daniel Garcia gets a brand new mentor, whoever that may be, which is what we are teasing, plug me in, play Nintendo. This is where for some reason Willie Mack was all like, I'm going to take on Wardlow next week. And I was like, Will, I get it, right? Your friend is AR Fox and Wardlow beat him up. But if AR Fox jumped off a bridge, would you? <laughs> of course you wouldn't. So now, yeah, come Wednesday, Willie Mack going to die. But then we're back to these subplots that we've already talked about because the kingdom were here very nicely, they were taking on the Iron Savages. I like them muchly. Because yes, as always, seeing Jack Jameson, Bronson and Boulder is a huge treat. I mean, we had Roderick Strong on the outside and we had Jacked on the outside too. When they were coming to the ring, Roderick Strong was just yelling at these guys from his wheelchair. He's totally unhinged. He, of course, dedicated this match to Adam Cole while reminding Samoa that he is going to be a bit of a buffoon. And while the Iron Savages did get some stuff in here... I tell you, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett essentially ran wild. Although I say that, at one point Boulder grabbed Taven and he just hurled him into the ring apron. Hang on a second. That is the hardest part of the ring. Which means it's most definitely harder than this. See? Could do it all day. What were you expecting? I'm not sure what planet Boulder was on after this, but he portrayed his big man slapping man neat ways because this guy went for a moonsault he missed. And they were toast. I mean, that never even works for the Fippy Dippy Doodah guys. Everybody misses an AEW, which of course allowed the Kingdom to hit the Hell Mary. And they got the one, two, three. <laughs> Once again, Roderick Strong, as soon as they had one, he noticed that Jack Jameson was trying to get in the ring. So he left his wheelchair. He just nutted him right in the face before he rolled back into it. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, you're so brave. So clearly something is going to happen between these three and Maxwell. We're just taking our time. Because poor AEW have had so many obstacles thrown in their face. But I find myself still intrigued. Giving it up. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
And man, did I like what was next too. His next thing there was indeed interviewing Ethan Page. And because AEW is in Canada this week, Ethan was like, well, you know, last time I was here, I challenged MJF and I lost. But now, given I am in the best shape of my life, and he is, he's totally smashed that, I need a new challenge. So I pick another amazing Canadian, Kenny Omega. Not gonna lie, I screamed in my chair. So I hope they have an absolute banger, and I bet they do when they allow this to Ethan Page to finally climb up that ladder again. I'm such a big Ethan Page fan. Plus, he's a nice guy. When you put these two things together, well, I shall support you to the end. The updates kept on coming, so we got a video for everything that's been going down with Mercedes Martinez and Willow Nightingale, mostly on Rampage of Ring of Honor, when we got reminded who this flubbing show is. There have been some teasers recently that the House of Black are ready to go off. Bam. They went and did it. So it was Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews taking on Matt Seidel and Christopher Daniels. And look, these are two super duper veteran guys. And when you're talking about the AEW audience, they know that. So as soon as the House of Black ran through them, all of a sudden you start feeling it in your veins. But it was more competitive than that, because at one point Chris was able to get the tag to Matty, who hit what they called the sliced leg drop. I didn't know it was called that. And that kept on going when Daniels got a secret hand slap, and these two were able to hit stereo meteoras. Didn't work. Instead, Black just destroyed Seidel when he basically started no-selling anything that Daniels had. When all of a sudden, Buddy Matthews came in with the big stomp. Malachi Black just went, I'm going to black mass you. I'm going to black mass you. And they got the win. This was like an assassination. We're absolutely nuts after this as well because FTR stormed out. And of course, you would do that because the House of Black have been pissing them off recently. And while Malachi was a bit like, listen, would you like to be in the group? Just when Cash and Tax were going to talk... These two assassinated FDR too. So there you go. Matthews also absolutely killed them with a knee, which he loves doing. And I think this is the best feud because the end of it is a tag team match between these two teams. And I'm sorry, it doesn't matter what universe you move to. There's no way that can be bad. They are too good. Honestly, this collision episode absolutely cooked. Give it an up. It also gave me goofy wrestling. It is for life. But we had this timeless Tony Storm interview and I'm just going to tell you this. Find me anybody else in all of wrestling who is embracing their gimmick as much as this. They don't exist. Freddie Paquette was also cracking up through the whole thing, which made it better. What I'm going to do is tell you, if you're into this stuff, go and watch it. You will have a jolly good time. She also went after Sky Blue's bottom, because of course she doesn't like Sky anymore, because she interrupted her. And apparently her tush is the only thing that gets any kind of media traction. When she also got mad at a blonde floozy. Now, whoever that was had stolen her makeup chair, and she even accused Renee of this. But of course, it's probably Mariah May, so we are planting those seeds. She also said she could be spooky too, so she went, poo. I was just absolutely dying. When she said, come Wednesday on Dynamite, or whatever the hell she calls Dynamite, she will put her belt on the line against Mrs. Blue. Sky also replied to this as well and said she's going to take Tony's shoe and stick it right up her ass. If they do that live and I have to see it, that'll be worse than somebody drinking somebody's blood. But I tell you, this is the best promo that Sky Blue has ever cut to. So you see what we're having here? People are improving. Get so mad on the internet sometimes. You just get these crazies jumping down people's throats. Let's just wait and see. Honestly, as a segment, I now can't wait for that match because it made me feel good. Up. We then hyped up Christian versus Adam Copeland, as we should do, because that's happening on Wednesday too and it's going to be amazing. When we got Kip Sabian versus the Kingo. Yeah, damn right. But I really do hope this going, because if anyone does deserve a shot, it is Kip. You know, the deal with the Kingo. He wasn't born here on Earth. He was born on some planet that didn't have gravity. 
and he's just never forgotten. It's the little things that AEW does too that I really appreciate, because we were told this was a standby match, because of course when it comes to the Continental Classic, we have 20 minute time limits, but as the two matches we have seen didn't go the 20 minutes, we had to have something in the back that we needed to wheel out, and here it was. I also have no idea what Vigingo did at the start of this, because he pretended he was gonna dive on Sabian when he stopped himself using the top rope. Now we have seen human beings do this before, but the way he did it, didn't make any sense. Two plus two equals potato. He then bounced around because he does enjoy doing that, although Kip did respond in kind because he hit an Arabian press to the floor, which is when Fakingo came back with a hurricane kick. Like, now he's flipping Chun-Li. Fakingo then hit the best Phoenix Splash there is in all of wrestling for a one-two-oo, so Kip was like, all right, well, I'm going to hit you with the Mishinoko driver for a one-two-oo. And while you could kind of tell that Sabian wasn't going to win here, he did the best he possibly could, and he shone a spotlight on himself. So yes, Vikingo then hit this ridiculous corkscrew to the outside, because again, he lives in space. When he finished off Kip with the 6.30, and he murdered him. He absolutely crushed his lungs. That's kind of horrible. To remind you that Sabian is an asshole too, he didn't shake his hand, and that's what we should do, because let's build this character. So I'm very excited about this. Again, I'm a big fan of Kip Sabian. Plus, once again, ties into earlier, he's a nice fellow as well. Giving it up. Good match. Lexi Nair then returned and she was interviewing Keith Lee and she said, yo, Keith, who's that mystery man you were talking about last week? And I'm like, these are the questions I need. Now Shane Taylor overheard this. So he walked in and said, oh, he must mean mean, so we shall fight a final battle. So one, we're finally getting that match and I've been waiting for it. And two, I don't think Mr. Taylor is this mystery man. So who on earth is it? Because I have started to hope that it is going to be a Mustafa Ali or a Dolph Ziggler, basically one of the ex-WWE guys, because they are good to work anywhere very soon. I think that will be a cool way to introduce them. Hell, give me Elias if you want. I need chaos. And they cut right to CJ Perry, who was outside Andrade's locker room. When Miro just zoomed in, he's like, you better move, love. I'm going in there. Now, Perry told him to not do this. And for some reason, Miro did listen. Because Perry was all like, if our relationship means anything to you, you know, show me right here, right now. I don't really know what's going on. I do have a prediction though, and I bet eventually what does happen is that CJ Perry screws over Andrade, probably in the match with Miro, and we put CJ, the hot and flexible one, back with Miro, the redeemer. And look, who doesn't want that? Anytime they are together, they really are pretty good. So why not flubbing do it? When Collision peaked, my gosh. But it was the next match in the Continental Classic, and it was absolutely fantastic. You need to see it right now. Now, firstly, Brian Danielson continues to wear his eye patch because he is recovering from that injury. So just when he couldn't get even better, he has turned into a Metal Gear Solid character. So don't come in my house and tell me otherwise, he is a goat. He's also facing Eddie Kingston too. And look, if you're one of these idiots on the internet that keeps going after Eddie's physique, I'm just gonna tell you this. You don't understand wrestling and you should probably leave. Don't let the door hit you in the bum on the way out. I mean, the industry is just better with dudes like him performing at the level they are. And basically, to represent their HP meters, they just started to chop each other. Because it was the start of the match, it didn't really work. Danielson then cast wrestling to take Eddie Kingston to the ground when they got back into the chops. And ultimately, Brian was getting the better of this exchange, which pissed Eddie Kingston off. Because he went for this dive, so Ed cut him off when he suplexed him on the floor. Now again, as far as I can figure out, Brian Danielson is not 100% recovered from a broken orbital bone. And he's still doing stuff like this. I just turned into his dad, I'm very worried. And then fought on the top rope, which allowed Danielson to go after Eddie's face as you would do. But when they did hit the canvas, from nowhere, he just applied the label lock. So all of a sudden, Eddie was smacking him to try and get out of it. So Brian was like, well, I'm gonna smack you back. 
This was so damn stiff, I'll be honest with you, I started to believe it. It ended with Kingston hitting him with this massive Northern Lights bomb for the one 2 ooh, and that's when I realized, because it is a tournament, I actually thought Eddie Kingston could win. What a goober. Kingston then needs a dragon right in the head, so Danielson came back and just smacked him right in the skull, wrestling tennis. When I swear, Brian just went crazy with kicks to the chest, so Eddie was just like slapping him around the face. This was so damn awesome. Somehow Danielson got the better of this, so he did start stomping Eddie's head, because he is an absolute nutbag. And by this point, I think Kingston did an internal check, and he's like, yep, my health meter is completely depleted, so what I shall do is I shall cast Taunt, and he flipped Brian Danielson off. So I totally lost it, and of course this was his final stance as the American Dragon hit him with a big knee to not only get the three, but to get three points. And it also puts Eddie in a terrible position. He is falling behind now. Something tells me he's gonna have to combo some wins together. I think he might just do it. Danielson also went into the crowd and got an Eddie is a bum sign after this and made sure the camera caught that. So that's gonna tie into his character going absolutely ballistic. This is getting an up, and honestly, it's like, what, 15, 17 minutes long? Please, for the love of everything, go and see it. It's what wrestling is all about. In many ways, too, I think this may be one of the best collision episodes I've ever seen. I know it's a brand new show, mostly, but man, they just got everything right. Give it a nap. Also, please do like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Leave a comment below to let me know what you thought about the show on Saturday at this point. Click the video on the screen, which is Ups and Downs for SmackDown, to continue your Ups and Downs journey. WhatCulture.com, WhatCultureWWE, and Simon and 316 can't talk today. Simon316 on Twitter or X or social media, whatever it may be. But otherwise, it's the start of a brand new week. I wonder how many CM Punk videos there will be. See you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.